Our second reading this morning is Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. This is written in your bulletin as well. Hear the word of God. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went off, no, Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be his shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant, for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray once more. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your words that guides us in every single moment of life. Help us to understand your voice and listen carefully what you have to say to your people this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. It's great to be with you after one one more blessed week at the shore with my family. Uh, we had a great time, and we are grateful for this church, grateful to the Lord for this church and the care you are displaying upon us. And in this moment, we look to this precious Bible passage, and let's try to understand what the Lord has for us. Once in a newspaper in San Diego, California, there was the following advertisement. Wedding dress, brand new, for sale or trade for a 38-inch revolver. She was mad at somebody. Who here has already been the victim of people overtaken by rage? Following your car, swearing and making obscene gesture in your direction. I believe almost all of us, mainly here in Philly, the traffic is crazy. <laughs> but the truth, church, is that to some extent, all of us have manifested anger in our hearts. 
Some of our children as babies even trembled with rage when they didn't have what they want. Robert, Robert Jones defines anger as our whole person active response of a negative moral judgment against perceived evil. But the main problem is that sometimes we are right in our perceived evil, but the way we react is ungodly. And other times we have a worse scenario. We have a wrong perception of something and also react in a way God doesn't want and displease the Lord. Scripture graphically describes the many forms of anger and warns us against sinful anger and prescribes wise ways to uproot it, to better understand the anger and find God's plan to deliver us deliver us from this sin. Let's look back to this pre precious Bible passage and realize what the Lord has for us. This book of Jonah, well known by everyone, mainly the children, I believe all the children could explain this Bible story with all the single details, the great story about the prophet who was swallowed by a great fish. This book has a special message that summarizes the way the Lord saved people, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. The book of Jonah shows us in a perfect way what the prophet said in the chapter 2, verse 9, that salvation comes from the Lord. When we analyze each experience lived in this book from the perspective of a gracious God who rescued the people he chose for himself, his grace is exalted everywhere. So, I believe all of you are familiar with all the chapters we, we read, the chapter 3 and chapter 4. But in the chapter 1, we, we can notice the Lord calling his prophet to a mission trip. And we would say it is the first overseas mission in the Bible. You could find... People from different nations, nationalities coming to Israel, meeting uh, with some prophets. You could find in different books the Lord delivering prophecies to ungodly people and also non-Jews. But it is the first time the Lord is calling one prophet to leave the nation and deliver a message. In this scenario of... Uh, overseas mission, we can understand what the Lord is telling us regarding anger and our sinful anger. I would, I would like to call your attention again to chapter 3 in the verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. 
After these ungodly people fasting, praying, spending time in the Lord's presence, now we find this expression that the theologians or scholars call it anthropopathism. It is a theological expression to attribute human emotions to God when it says that God relented. What happened here is that the Lord was exercising His attribute of wrath upon an ungodly nation. And when this nation changed its behavior and seek God's presence, he left the attribute of wrath and exercised mercy. It is in this scenario where we find the prophet Jonah drawn in anger. And we can find some answers regarding sinful anger. Sinful anger impedes us from faithfully fulfilling the mission the Lord has entrusted to us. As the Lord gave a mission to Jonah, the Lord always gives mission, a special mission to his church. But sinful anger impedes us from faithfully fulfilling the mission he entrusted to us. First, because anger distorts our identity as children of God. When we are dominated by anger, we won't understand our real identity. Look again to verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. When the, the Bible says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? As some of you already know, Jonah's cause was unique. We, we don't find many information about him, his ministry, but it is clear since in the beginning he was not a passionate preacher. He was not a godly preacher who loved to deliver the word of God. He was unwilling to serve. Thanks be to God that we never found anybody in the church that was unwilling to serve. Everyone serves with love, passion, and commitment. Oh Lord, forgive us. <laughs> Jonah was like many of us, or I would say all of us in many times in our ministry. He was unwilling to serve, and when the Lord called him to prophesy to the Assyrians... He said, no way, I will flee to a different direction. But since in the beginning, when the Lord for, first called the Israelites, they knew what should be their mission. In Psalm 67, the Lord reaffirmed to Israel the truth that all the material and spiritual blessings they enjoyed should produce or generate conversion, conversion in other peoples. When we look back to Psalm 67, verses 5 to 7, the Bible says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
the earth has wielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Since the first moment of that nation, the Lord made it clear. The land, the material blessings, and everything that I'm given to you has one main purpose. Glorify my name and display my glory throughout the nations. All the other nations should know the God of Israel through his people, through that nation. And when we look specifically what happened in chapter 1, when the reluctant prophet didn't want to preach, and then the Lord exercised discipline upon his prophet. And in chapter 2, he claimed to the Lord. He was willing to die. You remember when the sailors said, well, claim to your God. And he said, no, no, the truth is, I'm a prophet from Israel. And it's my fault. Just throw me in the sea and I will die. That's it. But... The Lord didn't allow his death. He was swallowed by a big fish. It was not a whale. We don't know if it was one specific fish the Lord created to that moment. We don't have the information. But during three days, he was there. Wow. Terrible experience. And in that moment, he remembers... All the promise from the merciful God, he claimed to the Lord. The Lord decides to forgive him and save him. And this is when he, after to be saved, he claimed to the Lord and he made this statement, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord gives another chance to Jonah. He was left. In the place where he should exercise his ministry. But now, after just a few days probably, Jonah is resentful and he is not willing to preach again. He would remember what happened with him just a few days before, but he doesn't. He's willing to die second time. It's not the first one. He's willing to die because he has lots of anger in his heart. Jonah's arrogant and selfish behavior perfectly describes the behavior of the nation of this Israel. As we said from the beginning, the Lord made it clear. They were chosen not because they were great, might. Wise, clever, because they had lots of abilities. Since in the beginning, the Lord said, I'm choosing you because you are a little, a little nation. You are nothing compared to the other nations. But I want to display my love, grace upon you and show my grace through your lives. This is the reason. So, if should have one people... One nation, full of gratitude, mercy, and love, they should be the nation of Israel. But after some time, they became pride, proud, prideful, 
arrogance and they started to look to the other nationalities in a terrible way. It is important to mention that the Assyrians, they were terrible. They were known, not just by the Jews, but by the other nationalities. By the terrible way they used to treat their enemies. Killing all the men, women, children, babies. They were terrible. So this, this is one of the, the reasons when the Lord said to Jonah, You should go and preach to Nineveh. He said, Well, Lord, or he thought, Well, Lord, I, I, I don't want to preach to those people. I want to see them dead. They don't deserve. They don't deserve any message from you, Lord. This was what Jonah had in his heart. Jonah is highly critical of this divine attribute of mercy. And he didn't have any wrong perception. You can clearly notice when in the verse 2, he mentions about God's character. He prayed to the Lord, said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Jonah had a perfect theology. Perfect. He could see clearly who God is. But you know what he had in a wrong way? His identity. He didn't understand that in the moment he was saved by grace through faith, in the moment the Lord rescued him and called him to serve with his heart and his life, he should display God's character. So he should not be dominated by his feelings because our hearts are deceitful. Many times in life we will feel bad things against our spouse, husbands and wives, against our children, against our parents, against people in the church, against our neighbors. We will have bad feelings, but we are not what we feel. We are what the Bible says we are. We are children of God. We are children of a gracious God who displayed grace and mercy upon us. So, when Jonah had in his heart this terrible feeling against the Ninevites, he should pray. He should pray and ask to the Lord, Lord, help me to understand my real identity in you. I am your son, your prophet, and help me to understand how gracious, merciful you are, and please give me, give me your grace to display upon other people's lives. So, first practical consideration. If in our hearts we have just sinful anger 
at many people around us, if we are dominated by this sinful anger, it may be evidence that we, we didn't have a personal experience with Christ yet. Because if we taste the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, we will understand what grace is. Even though it's not easy to forgive, even though it's not easy have mercy upon people who messed our lives. But we are clay pots receiving the grace of God every single day. And we need to remind ourselves. Let us remember the countless times we have wounded God's holiness. And He has graciously forgiven us and set us back on our feet. Imagine if every single time we every single time we commit one sin and the Lord would say, Okay, you you already prayed for this sin a hundred times. That's enough. No chance for you anymore. Nobody would be here. Starting with this preacher. But our gracious God forgives us. And give us the grace to keep serving Him. So let us know that our identity should be determined by God's holy character. Second biblical truth that we find in this precious Bible passage. Is that anger robs us of the pleasure of a missional life. Anger can distort our real identity. And also can rob us of the pleasure of the missional life. When we look again to the verse 3. We notice Jonah saying. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. What? He's willing to die. Why? Because he says that the Lord will exercise mercy upon Nineveh. He doesn't want. He's blind out of anger. He's blind. We, we don't know the details of all the wounds Jonah had in his heart as consequence of what the Ninevites did, what the Assyrians did. But what is clear is that he had a huge privilege to be the first. He was the first overseas missionary. But he was not willing to preach. Have you ever served in some area in the church that you were displeased? And you said, oh Lord, forgive me. I, I, I was not willing to do that, but I will do anyway. So... Jonah was this fellow, unwilling to preach, after almost dying, the Lord called him again, second time, and this proves us, when the Lord wants to use somebody, when the Lord wants to use one of his child, he will use that person. Some preachers generally say, oh, if you don't want to do, the Lord will raise another person to fulfill that mission. 
I don't believe that. If you are not willing to do, the Lord will treat your character, will call you again, and will put you in the position He is willing to put to serve His kingdom. And then Jonah was in this position, delivered a very short sermon. It was not a long, complicated sermon. And I would say a terrible sermon. Very short. 40 days and you are done. 40 days and you are over. And notice, probably he didn't preach to all the city because it was necessary three days to just go around all the city. We didn't have Instagram, YouTube, all the channels, so he would walk. He delivered just one day. That's it. Short sermon. And said, let me finish. And just wait. The Lord kill all those sinners. And what happened? The entire city was saved. Let me tell you, this is the greatest revival in the Bible. You won't find, you won't find from Genesis to Revelation, Revelations, one other experience where a prophet or an apostle shared the good news of salvation and the complete city was saved. And the Lord decides to save one complete city. Some scholars say that would have 500,000 people because 120 uh, in the last chapter are described as people who don't know discern the left hand, left hand from the right hand. So some scholars say they could be in fence. If this is true, 600,000 people the Lord decided to save through a prophet who was not willing to preach. He shared a short message, probably with a strong accent like mine. It's not that good to listen, but anyway, the Lord... Decided to save. Wow. Salvation comes from the Lord. Yes. It's not about our abilities. No. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyone who likes to share the good news would be crying out of joy. But Jonah is frustrated. He wants to die. He wants to die. When we look to the New Testament and we notice the, the 70 disciples who were sent on mission to the Lord. When they returned, they were just rejoicing because the Lord set free demon-possessed people through their lives. But Jonah is frustrated. If we don't understand church... That everything we live is a gift from the Lord. We will leave our relationships on the base of merit. And every single time somebody does something wrong against us, anger will dominate our hearts. And uh, we will start looking for the payment the retribution, retribution and everything the person can pay to feel a little bit the pain I am feeling right now. 
Jonathan had this in his heart. He could not rejoice in one unique moment of his ministry. We need to ask to the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with gracious forgiveness and mercy. When somebody hurts you, pray for that person. Even though you are not willing to pray, and pray for his conversion, transformation. Pray in order of the Holy Spirit to bring a new heart to that person. While we are praying before to change that person, the Holy Spirit will change the disposition of our hearts. Many, many times. Many times. When we were hurt and dominated by anger. When we prayed for that person, for transformation, the Lord first transformed our hearts. It's sad when many people, many people of God around the world could not understand the mission of life. In Rwanda, when I went there the first time in 2013, I visited the Genocide Museum. And I was astonished because there we could find the, the clothes and also bones from some, some of the 600,000 600, Hittus or Tutsis, pardon, oh sorry, 600,000 of Tutsis who were killed by the Hittus, they were Africans, but the Hittus thought they were superior, so they decided to kill their brothers and sisters in Christ, and some of them went to sanctuaries and were killed in the church buildings with axes. That's Prejudices is a problem that we can find everywhere, even among the people of God. So Jonah and Israel, they were not understanding their mission and were not fulfilling their mission gladly. Finally, I would say that the Lord mercifully, many times, delivers us from the bonds of wrath, from the bonds of the sinful anger. The Lord would say, okay, Jonah, I gave you one chance. You went, preached. I'm going to save these people, but I'm done with you. Okay. You should understand better than anyone, but what the Lord does in His grace and mercy, He comes to Jonah again. Look to verse 4 of chapter 4. What he says. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. 
Jonah's death wish is created with almost complete silence. With the previous question, three words in Hebrew, God respond. Have you any right to be angry? Ironically, having commanded God, condemned God for not being angry, Jonah now is challenged concerning his own anger. His anger at God because he is not anger at the Ninevites. And then the Lord asks this rhetorical question. Have you any right to be angry? Jonah didn't answer. But he still has some hope of the Lord changing his mind. You see how anger can blind us? Can blind us in a way that the Lord faced Jonah... Gave him a powerful experience before. And now again, Jonah is angry at God. And the Lord in love asks him again this rhetorical question. Do you have any right to be angry? He didn't answer. He leaves to a spot and builds for him a shelter. And he has hope in his heart. What hope? That God changed his mind. And doesn't exercise mercy. But finally bring. <clears throat> sorry. Finally bring judgment upon Nineveh. He didn't change. But the Lord again will give to the prophet another lesson. And the prophet is still, is still angry because... When the Lord asked to him this question again, when we move to the verse 9. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. He's asking to die the third time. Do you know anybody who... Is always willing to die. Oh, my life is miserable. Oh, I don't want to live anymore. Oh, a terrible life. When we don't have the right vision who God is and Jonah did, but when we don't have the right vision who we are in Christ and how gracious God is, we won't understand that even the problems we are facing, they are gifts from the Lord, not just to change our lives, but to change people around us. To change their lives. So, we need to be courageous. We need to pray every single moment for transformation in us. And also to be instrument of redemption for the people who are lost. And Jonah receives from the Lord another lesson. And he explains, verse 10. And the Lord said, You pit the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being a night and perished in a night. And should I not pit Nineveh, the great city in which there 
there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left hand and also much cattle, then we don't have the answer. Maybe Jonah said, I want to die. We don't know. But we hope and we believe that the gracious God rescued him from the sinful anger. Think for a moment. Is there somebody in your heart or any circumstance in your life that you are mad at that person or circumstance? This is the moment the Lord is inviting you, inviting His church to taste His supernatural love that enables us to forgive, display mercy, and pray for transformation. And may this experience become one of the most powerful experiences in your life. Being used to transform sinners in God's children. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you because you are merciful. If your righteous wrath would be displayed upon our lives. Regarding everything that we have done against you. We should not be here. But we praise you for Jesus Christ. Because the wrath that would come upon us came upon Jesus on the cross. Came upon your Son, our Savior. And this is the reason we stand before you, Lord, and praise you. Help, help us, Lord. You know all the struggles, the problems, and the people who hurt you in our past, or even now. Oh Lord, give us grace to not be resentful. Give us grace to forgive, and also, Lord, give us grace to exercise mercy, and grace to pray for those people for real transformation. You are the righteous judge. You will judge the earth. And everyone who behaved against you, against your law, everyone who rejected your son, but Lord, help your church to rest upon your righteous justice. Help your church, Lord, to walk in your presence with faithfulness and grace. And when we struggle in our hearts to forgive somebody, or when we cultivate in our hearts sinful wrath, anger, help us, Lord, to be set free and have your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.